when I watch you play, man, I see so much different influence in your music style. But what was it that makes you move to Nashville? Was it was there beginning and 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 early aspirations of a country career? Because you you got so much hillbilly. Dwight Yoakam, Stray Cats, rock and roll vibe in you. Why? Yeah. why how, how is Nashville picked? Just because that's where it's happening? Well, as a kid, I always wanted to live there because uh, I knew, uh, well, as a young kid, I associated Tennessee with like Elvis and, and uh, some of the early music that I loved and my parents loved. And so I always had this, uh, this admiration for Tennessee and Nashville, even though, uh, you know, it was from Memphis or did his thing in Memphis anyway. Um, so I've always, as a kid, I've always wanted to live in, in Nashville. And it was always, always a thing for me. And so to, to finally move there and do it was, uh, was a, was a childhood dream for me. Has it stayed a dream? Like, is it, has it paid off in your opinion, David Graham? Of, oh, like that's yeah. where you needed to be to get to this point in your career. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I was playing full-time music. Uh, I'm from Portland, Oregon. I grew up out there in a small town and, uh, uh, you know, I was playing, I was playing full-time music out there too, but it just, it wasn't, wasn't what I really wanted, you know? And so I knew that Nashville, uh, actually I toured through, I toured the country with a buddy of mine playing uh, acoustic duo shows and my first time stopping in Nashville, uh, I knew as soon as I got out on lower Broadway, uh, hung out for the day, I, I knew that's where I was supposed to be. And within a year, I, I moved there, moved, moved it all out there. So, yeah. Do you do you start off on on Broadway and playing gigs at Whiskey Bent and and oh and, yeah. and, and, and the stage in different places? Down oh, there? I, I've played every one of those joints, man. Yeah, uh, uh, I still play, and I play that. I play down there tonight. Actually, I've got a long running residency uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays at uh, Layla's. Uh, uh, the first female in bar on that whole street. And she's, she's, she's really cool. And she's been good to me. And, uh, I've been playing, I've had a residency there for nine years, every Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh, that's cool. I've seen you yeah. in Layla's. I love Layla's. I, uh, yeah, Layla's cool. What, what is the, and I don't know if you can answer this, but I often wonder because anybody that's anybody is there, you know, you could go into losers on any given Thursday night and, see you or see somebody oh. that's got a, a, a big tour that's may, might be off that night or yeah, absolutely. Um, Nashville's full of the who's who's and music, not just country anymore. A lot of, Oh no, I've seen a lot of different walks of life and a lot of different genres there, but what's the word on the street about you? If you could talk about that, what do you hear about yourself? Cause I was blown away in Sturgis. I'll be straight oh, man, up. Like I... I'm, I'm, I'm just like throttled. Like, Holy shit. This dude is a, freaking genius with the guitar you're a oh, front God, man no. you got I great that. and you're welcome i mean I, I really mean that i mean you got some legit like like the way you play the guitar the way you own the crowd the way you sing the way you can go back and forth from so many different genres of music um and you're not a cover band you do some covers that are sick but you have yeah. a lot of really awesome originals see what's the word on the street or the reputation of david graham around nashville have you heard anything or does does anything stick out man i do i do I, I do hear things and i've heard things over the years i don't i'm not really the kind of guy that toots my own horn too much uh i just really love what i do and i try to do it better and harder than anybody around me and uh uh yeah i just uh 
I mean, I've outlasted a lot of people, you know, and I, I would say my work ethic, I'll outwork anybody in the room, you know, yeah. I think so that's- I'm kind I'm kind of sensing that you have heard a lot of good things about what people think of how you play. I've I've heard I've get, I get a lot of compliments and, and uh, people are real nice about uh, you know uh, the show and uh, the work ethic and um, and all that stuff. Uh, I tend to be fairly humble about that kind of stuff. That makes me uncomfortable, uh, but I have heard you know that that kind of stuff. I don't know. I just, I just like, I love what I do and I I just work harder than anybody around me. Do you ever get what they call a chip on your shoulder about how unbelievably talented you are, how long it takes to get anywhere. And some of the acts that do make it, and I'm just, I'll, I'll say it like they don't touch you. They don't hold a candle to you. Does it become, does it become harder and harder to see acts that get propelled into big deals or big record, whatever it is that the revenue starts to come in. Does it start to piss you off at all throughout the 15 years in Nashville? Yes and no. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been, I've been in the music business since I was 15. Uh, and I've done a lot of studying of the music business and I've, I've been in it. And I know, uh, I know that people that are propelled, to whatever you want to call making it or stardom in a quick manner, especially nowadays, like, you know, some TikTok viral video or some bullshit like that. Um, that stuff uh, is, a, is a fun short ride, but you, you, you never build a long sustainable career out of stuff like that. Uh, um, long sustainable careers, um, you know, there's, there's no way to beat, just a good live show and good songs and treating people the right way and working your ass off. Like, uh, for me, I've, I've had a couple record deal offers here in Nashville that, you know, when I crunched the numbers, it just was like, it wasn't for me, you know? Uh, so I don't get too, I don't get too upset because I'm in a spot now where I have a sustainable career for as long as I want to go. And I don't have to, I could do it my way. I don't have to listen to, oh, you should be wearing this or you should be playing this song or make sure you've got a dance beat to it so the 12-year-old girls, you know, can identify with it. I just, uh, now I wouldn't say I did it the easy way. You know, I've been I've been killing myself for 15 years now, but uh, I, I don't get upset. I mean, I'm I'm cool with, you know, I'm at a spot now where I'm financially comfortable and, and, uh, the guys that work for me are financially comfortable. And I've, as long as people show up to my show, uh, yeah, I don't waste what, what I do get pissed off at is getting stuck in traffic because so many people have moved to Nashville. That's what pissed me off. <laughs> and the potholes, uh, <laughs> the amount of yeah. potholes in that city. Holy shit. Oh, for as much money as rolling through this town, man, they cannot fix the roads. It's crazy. How, yeah, it's how, um, how much does a guy like you have to practice at this point in your career? Are you still mastering any part of your talent, David Graham? Because I, and again, I want to make sure that my listening audience understands what we're talking about here. And and you might stop me if I'm wrong, because you are full of humility. And I love that about you. 
I I would say that you're a 10 on a guitar. I don't know if you can play a guitar better. And I know that there's an awesome session guitarist in Nashville. I know oh. that there's unbelievable guitarists all over the world. Please, oh. I don't want to get a bunch of comments like you're full of shit, but watching <laughs> you play the guitar is absolutely next level. Okay. Like there is, I'm just sitting there going, holy shit. Like this dude is like Slash mixed with Eddie Van Halen, mixed with Prince, mixed with like freaking like you got it going on in a lot of yeah, different ways. I appreciate ways. that very much, man. It, but, uh, but but is that is that a stupid thing to say or do you agree with that do you do you know that your talent is there or am i full of shit when i say that because know, i'm a, i'm uh, a rookie david graham i'm yeah. a i'm a fan i mean i i i i i kind of feel like i can carry my chops a little bit in the music like watching it and knowing what's good and what's yeah. not but okay. by no means am i trying to come off as like this guy that worked for hit parader magazine for 30 years and i'm this huge respected critic or i'm right. david geffen or i'm freaking dale james that's been on the road with guns and roses for 40 years i'm not trying to act yeah. like that i'm just okay. I, I haven't seen that kind of talent in a long time to where it's just like how is this dude not the biggest thing in music well, that's very kind of you to say, first of all, uh, living in Nashville, uh, I would, I would not consider myself one of the, you know, I, there's guys, there's guys in this town that can play circles around me, but I, I just, I just come to the table with a lot of passion and a lot of love. I'm a self-taught guitar player and I really, I, I don't know as much as I should. Uh, I have, I have a couple things that I've done for many years that I believe I, I do okay. And I just wear that shit out. And uh, I just truly, this is all I've ever wanted to do, man. So when I step out there, it's just like, uh, like a light switch goes off and I just, I just go for it. And I don't, I'm my own worst critic. So I, I there's no way in hell I could sit here and tell you that, that I'm awesome. I and I, say, and I, I, I get that, but I, I, I yeah. kind of don't believe you that you're like, just ha are good at a couple things and you're just wearing those out and pulling the wool yeah. over my eyes. Cause I saw you do a lot more than a couple things. Yeah. Um, the, well, you, you have mastered the guitar. Is that fair to say? Man? No, I can't. No. Wow. I, I can't believe I, there's, that. There's so, well, I've been playing for a very long time. So, when, when the guitar's in my hand, it feels like a part of me. I'll give you that. But as far as, you know, when a lot of the guys, when a lot of the greats were, were, were locked in their bedrooms, staring at the guitar and, and, and practicing, I had the guitar, I was standing in front of a mirror and I was pretending that I was on stage in front of thousands of people. Like I, I've always, always wanted to be the rock star and I was not a very good student, you know? And, uh, I've been obsessed. I mean, uh, I have guitars all over my house in every room and I, I, I just obsessively pick them up and, and noodle around. But as far as some of the some of the guitar players and buddies I have here in Nashville that are just world-class guitar players, there's, I just don't belong in that. Uh, but I work, you know, I work circles around a lot of those guys too. So, uh, so you're telling me that if they got up on stage, you wouldn't necessarily be intimidated to follow them, but you know that you can't match up with their talents because I'm on the other side over here saying bullshit. I bet you a hundred bucks. 
says you <laughs> match up to their talents. I, again, I'm not look. I'm not trying to pull it out of you for you to be quote unquote yeah. cocky or arrogant or yeah. making you sound like you're something better than you think you are. I know that you're good. Okay, I just I just have a hard time, like what you said, crunching the numbers of like what it takes for somebody to be like, mm-hmm. this guy should be selling out amphitheaters because that's a, mm-hmm. that's a country hillbilly bluegrass rock, yeah. uh, just an awesome shake your ass show that Thanks, you're going to have, you're going to have fun at. And I, yeah. I don't know how many times you saw me watching you in Sergis, but I look like a groupie during the week. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I almost felt like a groupie following you around, but that's, I was so impressed with, just the musicianship and the professionalism of the show. Um, I'm so glad to hear that. And you could tell that you guys are a very tight band, but here's what I got to say about this band. Um, And you correct me if I'm wrong again, because it's a rookie looking in from the outside. I think you made a comment during Sturgis bike week that it was your, your first week with the drummer, the Italian stallion. You were calling him, you were calling him. I just hired that cat. He's pretty legit on the drums, uh, huh? Yeah, he's a monster. Monster. Uh, yeah. And I have to I, I have to even reel him in a, a little bit too. Like uh uh on those big stages it works great. When we play little small honky tonks and dives, I gotta yeah, we gotta reel him in because he's a monster, man. He he toured, he uh he was he played for Whitey Morgan in the 78s. Uh, pretty cool uh uh country band, and they they opened up for Bob Seeger, they were doing football stadiums. So this cat, he's done, he's done some big stuff and he's a, he's a pro, uh, a total pro, <clears throat> but he's uh he's a lot. So talk yeah. to me about your partner and I assume you guys are tight. You're stand-up bassist. And is he, yeah. is he a founder of the band with you or how, how does nope. this work? How does this work out? Because it's almost like you guys are, the angel on one shoulder, the devil on the other kind of, yeah. kind of like, like, like you're, like you're uh, a teeter totter going back and forth yeah. where he's the good cop. You're the bad cop. You're the outlaw. <laughs> he's the guy yeah. that's, that's keeping you in check. Right. Cause he's all yeah. up there just, but I, I'm sure that he is, you know, he's got the same vision as you, but how does that come yeah. about to where you go from such a powerful lead man Mm-hmm. to a stand-up bass that's pretty mellow. Like, I know that he's a monster. Yes. And he can jam. He's a great player. Yeah. Oh, course, but how, yeah. do, how does that work? How does that decision made in music to where we're going to go stand-up bass and, and, and kind of have this back and forth between the lead man who's a monster on the guitar and then yeah. this, like, real subtle personality over here on the stand-up bass? Well, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a good dude. He's not the founder. I'm, I'm the only original guy left. I started – I did start this band with another upright player, and uh, – uh, but Mark, Mark Robertson on bass, he's been with me for, uh, about nine years and, uh, he's, he's done some big stuff, man. He's, he, uh, he toured all over the world with Mark Colley who had, uh, some nineties hits in the cut and he, uh, they, they opened up for, uh, uh, Kenny Chesney and, uh, um, and they, they were doing big stadiums and he's, he's done some, and he had, he played it, played a long time with a really cool, uh, band called the legendary shack shakers so he's he's a pro and uh um when my original guy quit uh this guy was recommended to me by a good buddy of mine and uh um like you you had mentioned the straight cats like that was that was one of the bands that kind of changed my direction in life uh um 
just a killer band. And at the, at the time when they came out, there was nothing like it. And so I was already enamored with the upright bass too. That was a cool thing. And, you know, Dwight Yoakam used him for a while too. It's kind of a lost art. And uh, so this cat uh, came in and, um, uh, you know, he's just been loyal and he's uh, our personalities on stage are, you know, like you, like you described. And, and, and he keeps me in check in real life too. Like off stage, he, he does a pretty good job of keeping me in check too. But uh, um, yeah, I just lucked out. Uh, um, he's, he's doesn't, he doesn't really want to be uh, an exuberant showman. He just likes to stand there and do his job and be a part of the show. And uh, uh, almost like uh, I'm the one that's annoying him. And he's, you know, he's, <laughs> But I've been touring with that guy for nine years. I've never, he's never missed a gig. He never complains. Like he's, he's a road dog through and through. When you start thinking about when you mentioned the Stray Cats or Dwight or something. Yeah. You've already mentioned the king of all music. I don't think that there can ever be another Elvis. And I know that James Brown, yeah. I know that James Brown was considered a godfather of of a certain genre of music called soul yeah. mm-hmm. but, but but what elvis did in crossing the barriers um how much how much of your influence or let's just say like your day day to day right because i'm a music buff i love yeah. to know like like i can't believe like what i saw d snyder write last night on something and i was like dang it d like i love you and i you're the first concert i ever seen i seen twisted sister open up for Bruce Dickinson and Iron Maiden on the, on the, on the, the number of the beast tour in 1986. Hell and yeah. you're on, you, you were on the can't stop rock and roll tour after stay hungry, just vaulted twisted sister into a different yeah. level of musician or stardom. Yeah. Um, but I really do follow. I try to understand music and kind of like where these bands were, because I grew up just enamored by it from outlaw country to eighties metal from like oh, Ronnie James, Ronnie James Dio and what he was doing. I and mean, he was not considered in my opinion, <clears throat> a hair band, even though he was rocking in the eighties with a bunch of these, what were considered hair metal. Right. Um, but I, I often wonder when I meet, when I meet a guy now, like have you, you, have you ever, have you ever seen the twisted sister documentary? Yes. Oh man, that's killer. Where they came from and what they yeah. were in the beginning. And how, and oh, it's yeah. very inspirational, man. I love that. I love that. As very inspirational. Yeah. No, you're not. In, but like, I used to be like JJ French and Eddie Fingers Ojeda and AJ Pirro and, and D yeah. Snyder. And I'd be like, oh, the whole band are there. And I know that, uh, I know that AJ passed away, I believe. AJ yeah, or did. Eddie, AJ did. But yeah. um, how much of a history buff? Are you because you come across as somebody that understands Tom Petty to Journey to oh, Steve yeah. to, to Stevie Wonder to maybe even like you might even go as far as getting into Andrea Bocelli and Pavarotti and how to how to really control the voice of an opera uh, yeah. master or monster as you describe it how how yeah. how how fortified and enriched are you in the history of music because you come across as somebody that you could sit down with and be like, Oh yeah, I could talk music oh. for days. Oh, I can talk music. That's my, it's, 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 it's my life. And I've, it's been my life since I was five years old. As, as far as I can remember, my family has pictures and videos of me with a little guitar at four or five years old singing Glenn Campbell songs. And then from Glenn Campbell, it went to when I discovered Elvis, <clears throat> 
that changed everything. Like that was the guy for me for many years. And then, you know, my dad was in the country and my mom was into rock and roll and soul. And uh, I could, I could talk music, any genre. I love it all. Frank Sinatra is one of my all time favorites. I listen to him all the time. Uh, my, my musical palette is, is vast. Uh, hip hop is, is, is about, I, I don't get much into that, but there is, there is some hip hop that I dig some older stuff, but, uh, anything else it's, it's game on. And I could, I could, I could talk old twisted sister. I could talk Frank Sinatra. I could, you know, um, Andrea Bocelli, like all of it, man. Yeah. Oh, that's why me and you hit it off because I yeah. love the, I love the idea of mastering a craft. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I look at, I look at things like what D Snyder was willing to do to, to get the attention of, and you I want your opinion on this. It's like, yeah. I love them. Like when you saw that bone and him sitting in the corner of that room with that purplish reddish and black suit on, yeah. Eating the bone on stay hungry album. Oh yeah. Okay. So, but I want to ask you this, like that drew, that draws me in. I'm like, I want that poster on my wall. And that oh, was yeah. before like MTV was really popular. Like in the 83, yeah. 84, I was yeah. watching, fr I was watching Friday night videos on yeah, NBC. Yeah. Oh, I'd yeah. say up until midnight to watch Steven Piercy out of the cellar with round and round. And, and oh. Judas priest was on there and Rob Halford was going through his, his, uh, his court case here in Reno. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever, ever studied that court case that happened in oh, my yeah. own, in my hometown oh, yeah. with the, with the health or skelter and all that yeah. um they were playing uh russian roulette with the pistol the kids and that all came back on rob halford but yeah i remember that I, I want your opinion on this david in music like were the were the lyrics of the big smashes back then like come on feel the noise girls rock we're yeah. not gonna take it they're so elementary they're yeah. so they're so simple that the songwriting almost feels like, oh man, there's not much going on there. There's not, yeah. because if you fast forward a little bit and you come into uh, some other, like my favorite band, and I don't know what you're going to say, people on this yeah. podcast are going to be like, shut the hell up, Belling. But I think Axl Rose is the best front man of all time. I oh, think yeah. that within their four or five CDs or their albums they put out from like 86 to 92 with, with Appetite and Lies and Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, even oh, their yeah. punk cover album of The Spaghetti yeah. Incident, I don't know if you can get better songwriting than locomotive and coma and, and the shit that they were writing was such on a different level than what came like 81, 82, 83, 84, 85. And then all of a sudden in 86, you see this appetite for destruction. You go on there and listen to rocket queen. And you're like, Holy shit. What is this I guy writing put, about? I would put, I would put appetite for destruction as one of the top 10 rock albums of all time. Like from top to bottom, I just, there's not much, there's not many cooler rock and roll albums than that album right there. Yeah. I would, I would definitely give you that. That's, that's on my Mount Rushmore of, of great rock albums. No doubt about it. Well, wait a minute, David Graham, you just said top 10, but Mount Rushmore only has four on it. Oh, I know. <laughs> so is it on the fourth? <clears throat> Ooh, man, that's <laughs> tough, man. Uh, I know, but it is for me. I, I don't, I think it was so far ahead of its time. Oh, there's and nothing like it, man. And I just was like, oh my gosh. Like, and I'm not saying that Zeppelin was not unbelievable. I think Freddie Mercury is genius. I think what Queen Freddie did Mer for yeah. something, they were genius, but I just have this fascination with Axl Rose. Okay. I just, yeah, I, no. I think that Axl Rose 
can hit every octave and I think that he can yes. move and I think that he can own a crowd. But, but, but I want, I want to know your opinion. The, the lyrics that I'm talking about on these albums that were so yes. iconic. And then I want, I want to bring that, that whole idea of, of the Kevin Dubrow and quiet riot. And mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about the lyrics that were being done, were they really, really elementary? And you're just like sitting yeah. there going, man, they're pretty simple, right? That whole era yeah, of music was pretty simple. They were. And, and looking at it as an, you know, looking back as an adult and analyzing those lyrics. Yeah. It's, it's fairly below the boots, but their audience was teenagers just full of vinegar and piss, man. And, and it spoke, it spoke to, I mean, you know, a young generation that didn't have cell phones and didn't have social media and were just looking to me and they, it all spoke to me, man. Cause I was like a young cat. Um, and I just love the energy and the rebellion of it all. <clears throat> and, uh, I didn't really give a shit what the lyrics were saying back then. Like that's they, they, my point is that we didn't yeah. care. Did we? It was like, yeah, what are, what are, where are we going with this of like, we're not going to take it. I mean, yeah. Beastie Boys in 86 had a song called You Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party. Like we, and I was jamming to that when that came out and No Sleep oh, Till Brooklyn too. and all that shit. Oh, yeah. I was like jamming to these, these tracks. <laughs> and I was like, when you mentioned hip hop, I started thinking, I do like that old hip hop. And I, and I often yeah. wonder like all of these mashups and all of these like people collaborating today. Yeah. Do you remember like when, do you remember like when run DMC and Steven Tyler did walk this oh. way and they crossed that back? Was that the first one in history of like, I think so. I think so. At least the first one that resonated with me. Now you said that, that uh, guns and roses is, is your, one of your favorite bands. Aerosmith is arguably my favorite rock and roll band. Really? Uh, yeah. Like Aerosmith is, if I was on a desert Island and I could only take, you know, one rock band, it'd be Aerosmith for me. But, uh, um, um, why? Yeah. Tell me why, real quick. See, to me, Steven Tyler's the best front man of all time. You can't argue that. I mean, the guy and, is freaking genius. And and he seems to have gotten better the older he gets. And uh, I'm one of those guys that you know, a lot of people they kind of you know, like, oh, I'm either I either love old Aerosmith and I don't like new Aerosmith, and I love it all. I from the first album until you know what they're doing right now, I'm. I'm on board with that dude. Uh, such a great front man, such a great talent. And for a guy to be able to sing like that in his seventies, it's unbelievable, man. I, I agree. I think they're yeah. an iconic. I think they're an iconic band, but again, my argument would be the songwriting was a little bit elementary for me it was. when I yeah. pick it apart. Yeah, but as far yeah. as energy and octaves and hitting it and stage presence, like I've seen, I've seen Steven live a few times. I saw him get in Fenway. I got, he got on stage with Zach Brown and did three or four songs. And I was just yeah. blown away. And this is yeah. in the last five years. And right when he yeah. was like starting that kind of Nashville deal, he was getting into. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do, do you, do you cherish, do you mind if I ask how old you are or is that a, is that a mystery? Well, yeah. In the music business, it's uh so it's not we uh I, i'm, 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 gonna I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to be able to have this conversation with you okay I, fine I, perfect I answer yeah <laughs> perfect answer um do you feel fortunate 
I just had a podcast. We have another series here called Breaking It Down, where me and my co-host, my co-host and I, Alex Crosby, talk about different things. And one of our subjects was the air that we grew up in and how fortunate we are to see what happened in this timeline of I'm 47. So that kind of tells you where I'm at. Okay. Okay. So to see what I saw, to hear what I hear and to witness and experience what I got to do. I don't know if I'd ever change anything. Like, I don't know if I would have, I would go back because I saw the eight track to the cassette, to the vinyl, you know, the vinyls, to the CDs, to, to all of, and then all, and, everything that's happening since yeah um i'm glad i'm I'm proud of that to know what i got to see with this explosion change it you wouldn't know what we know now i wouldn't change it at all man you get you get younger kids now that that are not having that musical experience that you speak of and it's sad you know like with with cell phones and stuff uh young kids don't have to wait for the record to come out like I remember my buddies and I, we'd have it circled on the calendar, like, you know, so-and-so's record was going to come out and you'd have to wait to come out. You'd go to the record store, you'd buy it, you'd, you'd hold it, you'd smell it, read every word on it, man, play it for hours. And, and that kind of musical experience is just not happening anymore. And it's sad. And, and the popular music that's out right now, my guys and I were just talking about this. Like, I don't, I don't see somebody, you know, 30 years from now saying, Oh man, you know, Florida, Georgia line, you know, I just, that's was, was a, you know, was a, was a musical moment for me. That shit's not going to happen. That stuff is, is jive. I love you, know? you for saying this, dude. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. To hear I, that. I, I just told you about the other podcast series and I want you to continue down that rabbit hole because yeah. it's a legacy. I'm listening. I am listening to music right now that my dad was playing on a dirt road chasing mule deer in Nevada, like Don Williams greatest hits. I'm still listening to it in 2022. Absolutely, man. That stuff is timeless. I just said in a podcast, and you can quote me on this, that in 25 years from now, we're not going to be listening to a lot of the catalogs that have come out of music city or or like sunset Boulevard and all of that. I know that I'm not going to be listening to a lot of the stuff that comes out of there, even though I do like some of it, but nobody ever really even hears of it anymore. Um, um, But as far as the overall music right now, David Graham, I could not agree with you more of like, there's not a lot of legacy in catalogs being built to where people where your grandkids and mine are going to be like, Dude, oh. I used to listen to this with my with my grandpa Dave, and I'm oh, still walking yeah, it. Shit, that shit's not going to happen. And there, that's I think it's because there's no real artistry. I mean, I shouldn't say none because there are a few exceptions, but for in popular music, there's just they don't allow people to be artists anymore. You know, corporations are running everything, and they have this little this formula that these songs have to fit into, or they will not see the light of day on on radio or anything like that um and and when you don't allow people to be themselves and be artists you're not going to get anything different you just get the same regurgitated bullshit over and over again and the kids that are listening to this that's 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 what they're fed and it's just the, the that whole experience is being lost God, I mean, so... you take 90% of the people that are big right now on the radio, you sit them in a room with an acoustic guitar. Nope. You ain't going to get shit. No, no. nothing. 
Nothing. Nothing. It's all it's all it's all smoke and mirrors, man. It's smoke and mirrors to the point to where the people that could actually do it, like like I I, I like okay, Paisley's got some okay like lyrics, but his guitar yeah. playing stellar. Oh, Keith he's Urban. One of the best. Keith Urban, his guitar playing stellar. Um yeah. I'll go to a concert just to watch that. Yeah. Just that part of it. Oh yeah. But what you're what what, what you're saying is kind of like as these this popularity builds over here of these of these all acts that aren't getting that aren't individuals, yeah. they're being pushed up the album charts like it's I've never seen anything like it. Like that's a number one hit, really. That's not a yeah. number one hit. That was that was bought. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. And then I look at somebody like Travis Tritt that's selling out yes. everywhere he goes. That continues to be that talent of what are you talking about? Songwriting. Yeah musicianship he can pick a guitar and play a guitar he can he can get he down can, on a guitar and he can sing his ass and off he can too. sing his ass off right yeah he's a true yeah. musician and a master's Absolutely. craft he's been on this podcast dave and he told me about huh. how how one day he went to the record store the music store and had to find the longest microphone and guitar cord that he could find because he knew that that night he wasn't staying on the stage. He knew he oh, was wow. going to go out and get on a table and kick some beer bottles off the table <laughs> and show that. Cause he, cause he knew he had to get him to listen to him because at yeah. that time there would be a freaking bingo tournament going on over here, a bowling alley with pins oh, crashing yeah. over here. And he's trying to get the attention of everybody. And that's how he did it. He said, I used my talent. I went yeah. out and showed him that I could do this. And yeah. I don't think a lot of people that are there today, would have the confidence to get on a table and kick a beer ta a beer bottle over and jam on the guitar. But here's what I want to finish that with. Yeah. That's you. That's what you do. That is, you that is jump me. on and the that's... table and do shit that people are like, that is what Nashville should be pushing out. So the whole theme of this podcast yeah. that I want to tell you is that you should be a megastar. And it drives me up well. a freaking shit's creek of like, <laughs> whatever borchetta and whatever these guys that are pushing these 16th and 17th avenue buttons now are doing yeah. i'm like this is not what hank williams senior and waylon and the founders of this no. genre of music and buck owens and the guys that we should be be yeah. paying homage to this is not what they would want this not is at not all, man. this is not oh. fuck, this is not good music so no. let's get back to some good music yeah and that's i could not agree more man and i appreciate you saying that uh going back to Travis Tritt and jumping off a table and kicking beer bottles. Like that's one thing that I feel like I do. I feel like that's me every goddamn night of my life. It's uh, and part of that is, is, is spending the last decade <clears throat> or more in the honky tonks of lower Broadway, where you have to scratch and bite for any attention you can get, because especially now in Nashville, man, the over sensory overload down there and you, you get a room full of people and you have to kill yourself to get their attention. And, and I go out every night with that mentality, like I'm going to win these people over. Uh, even the people in the back that I could tell aren't digging it. My goal is like, I'm going to win these people over. And if I don't, it's, it's not a successful mic. And, uh, you know, I wear myself out doing that too. Well, you know, it, it, it's funny to see the crowd, how it starts at a David Graham show. And again, I have not been to a real David Graham show. I've been to bike week, which, you know, you're there and you have this following that comes in there, but there's also a lot of newbies that are like, yeah. 
okay, wait, I just stopped at the Loud American to have one cold beer because it's freaking 110 out there. I'm, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm over the heat. I'm just going to, yeah. I'm just going to dip in here for a second. Yeah. The next thing you know, they're up at your merch stand. Yes. Buying shirts, buying the CDs, buying buy, buying CDs, which sounds weird today, right? That that's kind of like does. that's kind of like people are buying CDs, but they're doing it. These these bikers were buying CDs three at a time. They're yeah. holding them up to you on the stage to show yeah. you how proud they are to have them. Oh, it make, it means the world to me, man. And I think that that's what you're good at is that you could take a beginner, David Graham, that may never <laughs> have heard you, and they just dip in this bar to get a beer at Layla's tonight off of Bro- yeah. Lower Broadway. And they're like, I'm not leaving. I found what I was looking for. And Man. I think that I think that's what the secret is in this recipe of longevity and career and yeah. revenue. It's that you got to keep my attention. And the music yeah. on the radio today, I listen to it and I I I don't know if I'm the first one to ever coin this term, but I yeah. call a lot of it cubicle country. Now there are some good yeah. songwriters there. I think Hardy's a hell of oh, a songwriter. Of I think yeah. I think there's great songwriters there still. There is great songwriters, but a lot of them don't live in Nashville anymore. A lot of the good yeah. songwriters are kind of getting out of there. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think it's called cubicle country because you got all it these is. people in there just pushing these songs down the yeah. down this assembly line of okay, this one might work for you, this one might work for you. If yeah. I hear another song about somebody that hates a man because he was mean to this girl and he got his ass kicked and now he's yeah. d- d- i'm like that song's been done 70 times oh, in the last five years it's, well, it's I, I still, when i first moved to nashville i got into the songwriting circles and i was doing i was doing co-writes because that's you know when you get to nashville that's really pushed on people like oh you got to co-write you got to do all this shit and so i'm up there and i'm i'm meeting with these co-writers and I'm looking around the room and there's two or three cats in there with their laptops. And, uh, I have a notepad, you know, and, um, uh, and I'm looking around and some of these guys, I can just tell that they're, they've never stood on stage and performed it. They've never had to win over an audience. They, they weren't born to do this. They just thought it would be cool to, to make a million bucks and have a hit song, you know? And, and, and to me, that's, that's not what it's about for me. So I, I got out of that, uh, because, <clears throat> you know, the, the ideas that would flow around were just like the shit you hear on the radio. Now it's all, it's all the same cliche stuff. And I'm looking at these songwriters going, man, these guys have no shit in their britches, man. Like there's just this, this stuff is not real. These guys moved to Nashville and they're like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a hit songwriter. And they've, I don't know. That's that's just not what it's about for me, man. It's it's not that it's not what it's like. It's nowhere near what you're about, but it is. Okay, l- let me say this in the easiest way that I can, and I apologize <laughs> to my listening audience because I know you've heard this before. There's got to be. There's got to be a freaking, whatever you want to call it, come to Jesus. There's got to be a revolution. Yeah. There's got to be something, and I'm seeing little signs of it. I'm seeing yeah. little signs of my boy Tracy Lawrence is out with Al Dean and, and yeah. Travis Tritt's out here doing this and Tracy birds on this, on this car. Now, and I see some of the, the traditional late eighties and early nineties of what would be called the hat pack coming back into country music. Right. But, but I'm also, I'm also starting to see this turn of music out there like whiskey Myers and mm-hmm. David Graham. And I, I, I could keep naming them, you know, whether it's Brent Cobb and Adam hood. I think that these guys that are doing their thing and staying independent, I think Brent Cobb 
is one of the finest songwriters in the history of music. But you go to a country music fan right out the door here, they'll be like, who? And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's my point. It's like the the industry has not done their job of promoting what is true music. Americana music, the artistry's not there, right? The artistry is not there. And there are guys like, like Brent Cobb and, and some of these cats that there, there are real guys out there doing it. They're just uh, on, on a big scale, you know, um, it's just uh, corporations are running the music business now. And they, they, all they care about is, is the money that comes in. And uh, you know, it's sad, man. I, I feel bad for the younger, younger kids uh, that are missing out on that, that, kind of musical experience that you and i are speaking of you know well, i don't want an experience of another tiktok dance where i have to watch a grown man do some no. weird macarena shit and i'm like no, that is, if, if that. waylon jennings saw that he would roll over three times in his grave and he would try to claw <laughs> out of that son of a bitch to tell jesse to make him a cup of coffee because he's going back to work like there's no way that that shit should be going but it is it's no. crazy to me and i'm like wait a minute so you are going to you are going to showcase this art in that way yeah. to try to get a 15 year old girl, 18 yeah. year old girl that can't afford gas at $6 a gallon to try to buy us some merch and to buy a ticket to your concert. That's not how right. this works. That's not, that's not, but that's how it's working now. It's like, it is, that's yeah. really, it's that's not, really it's how, not you how, want how it should work, but it is working. Unfortunately. Yeah, it is. Huh? Yeah. It's crazy. I've heard art. I've heard artists on this podcast, David Graham, tell me my label and my management told me that I have to go out and get viral on TikTok. And I'm like, what? I've never even opened TikTok. I've never, there's a better chance of me going on freaking Tinder than there is TikTok. And I've never been on either one of them. I've never been on either one of them. I'm proud to say it. Okay. Okay. Whether you believe me or not, but to hear that an artist that is supposed to have talent has to go viral on this freaking app. It drives me nuts. Yeah. That's see, that's, that's people that just want to be famous and, and they don't really understand what being famous is. You know, uh, the, I would do this shit for free. I swear to God, I would. I, uh, and that's how much I love this. Um, and, and people that, that, I've got no desire to go viral or, you know, you won't catch me dancing on TikTok. I just, I just, uh, for me, it's the, it's, it's, it comes from a genuine place. Like when I'm out there at Sturgis playing for people that have never seen me before, I genuinely wholeheartedly want to reach those people and I want to give them some kind of experience. And, and so, uh, and really, once once the music starts, it's it has nothing to do with being famous. Uh, of course, I want to sell them something because I've got kids to feed. So, but but in the in the big scheme of things, when the lights go up, all I really care about is is touching those people somehow. The human experience and the exchange between the music and entertainment and and what they're getting it's it's a genuine thing. And when I go out after the show and I'm shaking hands, like I genuinely enjoy that part of it. Uh, and, and people that want to go viral on TikTok, man, they just, they're missing that part of it. The human experience part, they just want to be famous and, and they don't really understand what that means. What is there a, a blueprint that you could 
maybe position yourself in right now, David Graham, is there a chance? And I know that you have a great audience and I know that you have a career and you're making money and yes. making a living. I, I yes. completely get that and respect yes. that. But is there a chance the world knows about you someday? Because I feel like the world deserves to hear your music. Just like I told Brent Cobb and Brent's a, Brent's a dear, a dear friend of mine. When I hear mm -hmm. Adam Hood sing Tennessee yeah. wheel, when he wrote Tennessee oh, wheel, um, I feel like the music deserves to hear that. I mean, the, yeah. the world deserves to hear that music. Yeah. Um, is there a blueprint that we could put into effect that we could, that we could start something that we could go like the mute. We got it. We got to get this music out there because it's really yeah. what we, what, what real music is. I, I can't say it clear enough. If I hear another song about a fist fight when this County's mad at this County or another tailgate drops and this girl's dance on, I can't do yeah. it anymore. My are ears are good. Yeah. I can't. Okay. Now I could listen to some Eric Church. I could listen to some Eric Church lyrics. I could listen Church, to some Eric Church. I was just listening to Eric Church yesterday. That first album of his, I will, I'll defend that album to the ends of the earth. And I, I just, it's, it's one of my guilty pleasures as far as newer guys go. Like that first album, uh, what is it? Sinners like me or something like yeah. that. Or, yeah. Killer album. From There's a called to Carolina. It's called Carolina or Sinners like me, whatever that first one is. Yeah. Yeah. That, Killed, man. There's not a bad song on that album, man. Have you heard the song he wrote and sang called Record Year? Oh, yeah. Killer song. That album, Mr. Misunderstood? Yeah. That's some songwriting. Like He's, there a, is he's some... a killer songwriter, man. Killer, I'll, right? That's one of the newer guys that <clears throat> I'll defend all day long. And I don't know but how he's the, new but he's the real deal, too, though. He's, he's writes his own, he writes his songs. He, he, he presents them in a different way. And he's got a unique voice. And to me, that to me, that's artistry. Hundred percent. And he's and, doing what you did. He came up in all these small bars in Baton Rouge and all over the world yeah. and developed his following. Yeah. Of the choir yeah. and whatever he called. But he 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 did not quit working. He never no. quit working to get to where yeah. he's at. Yeah. I'll take my gotta, hat to cats like that all day long. Me too. And I wanted. Yeah. I, I I wish there was a way to push a button and say, you know what. Let's just have a talent contest and give the talent its due respect of where of of letting the world hear this music. And I think that yeah. I think that your band and 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 what you do deserves to be heard by the masses. That is that. that is music. That yeah. is that is dedication to a craft. That yeah. is that is not cutting corners. And yeah. in today's music industry, there's too many corners cut. And too many corners cut. Yeah. I'm I'm going to say this and I think that if there was a study done I would think that the psyche Okay, we talked about the 80s and the 90s and we yeah. all understand that there's been issues with with addiction and the rock and roll lifestyle and sex drugs rock and roll that's yeah. freaking that's America that's that's it. Yeah. I'm never going to argue that. I'm never going to say, "Well, you can't judge them or you they shouldn't have done this." But I would venture to say it in today's world of music, David Graham. Mm -hmm that the psyche, the mental stability of a lot of today's artists mm -hmm. are shattered or weakened or yeah. questionable to where if you really sat them down and said, are you happy? Because you know what they're doing? Some of these cats got to cancel their Instagram accounts because they cannot take watching somebody get all the credit or all the accolades or all the attention yeah. or all the revenue. 
There, yeah. th- th- this ability for all these artists, Waylon Jennings would get in a car and drive to a hotel room with Buck Owens or Johnny Paycheck yeah. and and dr- and drink a little whiskey and write a song, and they did not give a flying rat's ass what the other artists were doing that night. Now everybody's yeah. like, "Oh my God, he's doing yeah. this. She got this. It's driving these artists insane." Yeah, Crazy. it's not healthy, man. It's not healthy. <laughs> am I on to something, David Graham, by saying yeah. that today's artist is not healthy? They can't be. Yeah. They can't be. And, but part of that, part of that, part of that recipe is social media. And, and it's a, it's a necessary evil. I mean, I have to, I have to be on all those platforms, especially being an independent artist. That's the only way I can communicate with people really. (laughs) And, uh, uh, but that, that is, is destroying humanity, man. Like the, the negative feelings that come along with watching somebody else succeed, or you think they're succeeding, really, it's just all smoke and mirrors, but. Oh, cause everybody's living their best life, huh? Everybody's living their best life. And, uh, you know, I, I think that is, is a big part of that problem is just the, the, the social media experience, man, just is just, it's just a cesspool, man. It, it, it causes, it causes unhealthy feelings, unhealthy feelings. And it destroys and I mean this because I see it in my genre of I'm yeah. in the outdoor industry. Yeah. It 100% destroys two things, individuality yeah. and creativity. Because, Absolutely. because if he's made, if he's doing this and doing, I better do that. Well, that ain't me. That ain't yeah. me. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be good at that. Well, yeah. you, you, my voice is telling me, my psyche's telling me, well, you need to try it because you need to get 10,000 likes on this next post. You need to, you need, no. That ain't me. Yeah. The 10,000, the 10,000 likes are not going to, in 10 years, I'm going to look back at it and go F F every single one of them likes. Exactly. Yeah. And for developing, it's even worse. I mean, at least we're adults. We remember what it was like to not have that. Like kids that are growing up with this as a part of their lives. I I don't know how adolescent kids navigate through this shit. Me neither. You know, it's, it's bad enough. And, and then now you're comparing yourself to some dipshit that has, you know, a million followers that's your age, like how to, uh, that's, that's a scary thing to me, man. Like 20 years from now, we're going to have some messed up human beings. 100% could not agree with you more. And yes. I think that keeping it along <laughs> aligned and in alignment with what you do for a living, mm-hmm. I've, I've never seen more comparison or more judgment and critic and, and being able to go, well, if that's working for them, I better do that. Like it's taking, it's taking the entire process of becoming a no musician out of yeah. it. If, if I was a musician, yeah, I would want to build it like you have. And like what these guys coming up in the honky tonks did. Yeah. I'm never going to take something away from somebody that won a talent show because, oh, because Simon Cowell put it on TV and Carrie Underwood won it. And, and yeah. Kelly Clarkson did it. I'm not going to take that away but yeah. there's something to be said about living it and, 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 and doing it the way that a lot of my heroes in this genre, in uh, this music. You just took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say, that's, that's what our heroes did. And that's all I'm trying to do is emulate what my heroes did. You know? Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. It, I think that, I think there is something to be said about, lasting and 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 developing and flourishing and blossoming and being able to <clears throat> go in, in front of that audience and be like i'm gonna rock this place tonight i'm not yeah. gonna be cookie cutter i'm gonna yeah. do things different i'm not gonna be 
over the top. I'm not going to have yeah. to, I'm not going to have to do weird shit up here to get their attention. I am right. going to kill them. Yeah. With kindness I, and interest and talent and give them. Yeah. And I, I honest, I swear to God, I go out every single night I go out. That's, that's the mentality. Uh, I look back at my drummer and he looks at me and he just says, scorched earth, man, let's knock these fuckers out. And, and uh, you know, the people that love it, the people that like it end up loving it. And the people that, you know, I get a lot of, we just opened up for Zach Brown uh, a week and a half ago up in Ohio. And uh, you know, for the first 10, 15 minutes, I, you know, had some head scratchers out there and I just was like, I'm going to win these people over, man. And uh, you know, by the end of it, it worked out all right. But you know, when you do something that's not cookie cutter, especially now you, you have to earn it. You have to win them over, you know? Did anybody from ZBB witness the show at all? Uh, actually, yeah. Uh, about four songs in, uh, there was a small group of people to my, off to my right on the stage. And I, I had no idea who they were. Uh, we get done and it was, uh, the female in his band, the, uh, the multi-instrument, uh, the utility player who she is fantastic, but I had no idea who she was. And, uh, after the show, um, I kept hearing somebody as I was walking off the stage, somebody was like, Hey, Hey. And I just keep walking. And then she ran up to me and she's like, God, that was amazing. God, that was a killer show. <clears throat> and she introduced herself and, uh, you know, they had gotten, they were sitting behind the stage in their tour bus and, and something, you know, they had jumped up and, and came to see what was going on. So that, to me, that was my favorite part of the night that we got them out of their tour bus, you know, watching TV to, to come up and uh, check out what was going on. So yeah, that's a win. That's, that's, a win. that's, that's, that was the win for me that night. Yeah. My, my yeah. hopes would be somebody like Zach and I know Zach, he's a buddy of mine. He's a great, great person and musician. And, and that dude I've, is a real deal. I've seen him give a lot of starts. I mean, I remember when Sturgill was nothing and Zach brought him out. Drake yeah. White was nothing and Zach brought him out. I mean, yeah. Zach, Zach is that guy that sees something. And I, I would hope Zach is a, is a monster guitarist, oh, songwriter. Dude, lyricist. Oh, yeah. I would not. He is, he's the real deal. I saw him, uh, I don't know, six, 15, 16 years ago. Uh, a friend was like, Hey man, we were in Georgia. And they're like, you have to go see this dude, man. It's a small, it's a small little bar in Georgia. I'd never heard of him. It was before, uh, chicken fried broke, I think. And, uh, we go to this small venue, it's packed. And these guys were wearing it out, man. I, I had chills by the end of the gig. Uh, I was like, I had goosebumps and I was like, Holy shit, man, these guys are wearing it out. And, you know, a couple of years later they blew up and, and those guys did it the right way too, man. They were playing those. They had a, they had a following and, uh, you know, when the record companies came knocking, they, they had a lot of bargaining power and man, I tip my hat to that dude. And they were, they were professionals, you know, like, Oh yeah. Like Clay cook was John Mayer's roommate at Berkeley in Boston. And okay. he wrote a lot of the songs on John Mayer's first album. They were in the band together. Oh wow! Um, and, and Clay cook is his lead guitarist. And you got Coy Boyles. Who's a monster on the guitar. They're both oh, yeah. keyboardists. They both. And then, I mean, their percussion section and big John on the bass and you got Jimmy on the freaking fiddle. Like it is a badass band. And then, and yeah. then they can, then, then in a snap of fingers, they can turn into the best, 
the world's best cover band of all time and just Absolutely. tear your face off with devil went down to Georgia. And you're like, Holy shit. dude!" That's the song. In fact, that's the song that had the hair standing up in my arms, man. When they, they ended the night with that. And I was like, Holy cow, man. <laughs> yeah. They it was ripped, nuts. man. They can yeah. rip that. Yeah. They're legendary. I'm glad, yeah. I, man. I appreciate you coming on. I could talk to you all day. I love, oh, I man, love conversation. I, That's what's I neat is that when when we met each other in Sturgis, there's no way that we knew that we could sit down and be like, "Hey, let's let's rap yeah. about what what we feel about in the music industry." I love. That's what I love about actually talking, David Graham. Of like, yeah. not instant messaging, not texting everything that we do, not being on yeah. social media all the time. We're forgetting the art of conversing in this world. We're forgetting Absolutely. the art of negotiation. We're yeah. forgetting the art of hard work. Okay. Yeah. Participation doesn't count. It doesn't yeah. count. I wish people would understand that you have to go at it like you do every night and scorch the earth. And that's it, because life will kick you in the nuts. I'm not kidding. Like yeah. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The music yeah. industry will tear you down. If you let it, it'll kick oh, you absolutely. out. of Na It'll kick you out of Nashville faster than it let you drive in on 65 or whatever highway you exactly. took to get in there. I yeah. promise you will, whether you come in on 40 or whether you come up 65, <laughs> you're going to get kicked out of there. If you don't approach it, right. You're going to be a waitress yeah. on Thursday nights. And that's what you're going to be doing. And, yeah. and, I, and, and as bad as that sounds, that's what that town does to people. And yeah, now, absolutely. now, it's in a it's in a holding pattern right now to where we either shit or get off the pot right now that we yeah. got to get the music back to what music is supposed to be. I'm I, yeah. me personally, I I don't I can't name an artist that I go to right now that's a top forty that and I do love Michael Hardy. I think Hardy is a legit legit songwriter, and yeah, I think absolutely. that he's doing some cool things. And I know there's some good artists out there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. There's some people tearing it up, but. I find myself going to more independent shows now of, of artists that are just Absolutely. kicking ass. And I give yeah. you praise for doing that. And I hope I that the that. world gets a chance to hear David Graham and rock it with your band, the Eskimo brothers. I think you guys are killer. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> uh, you know, I just, I don't think there's any way to beat simple and stupid and, and the tried and true, you know, it's Sturgis, for example, we're one of the only bands that don't, where you know don't have some tracks going in our ears and and all this other stuff like we just come out there and plug in turn it up and 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 let it rip man so i don't know i love that i love the ability to let it rip and to be authentic yeah. and i and that's yeah. what i saw that's why i walked up to you and said bro i need to know who you are i want to i want to follow your career i want to follow your music i want to have on have you on the show i think it's i think it's an awesome spectacle i think the sound is amazing the talent speaks for itself i, I probably that. hold you in a higher regard on the guitar than you do yourself but i know that i'm right <laughs> i know that i'm correct <laughs> you're the one with the podcast man so <laughs> <laughs> well that that could be neither here nor there but i do yeah. understand talent on that on that on that instrument and yeah it's it's a, it's a pleasure to watch you play and to talk to you today my man man it's a pleasure to be on here man i appreciate it very much We'll do it again. I can't wait to yeah. see. That's David Graham. Y'all got to check him out. I mean, if you go on, if you go on right now, you can get tons of music on all the streaming platforms. I like to buy music off of Apple and mm -hmm. the the three albums on there. There's so many good songs on this catalog. If you guys and girls go out and look up the Eskimo brothers, David Graham, and just listen to these songs like 23 and the hands and knees album, the hands and knees mm -hmm. album is sick. Um, Thanks, Please go listen to these songs, listen to the lyric, listen to the, the mastery of them. And then if you can figure out this cat's touring schedule, 
and go see a live show because this is what the musical experience should be. And I'm not saying that there's not other experiences like Broadway or oh, opera, course. opera or a, a, a true just, just acoustic set. This this dude in this band is going to just rock your ears off. You're going to be happy when you leave and you're going to be excited for music. That's what I was. I was like, there's new blood pumped into me about the musical experience because of David Graham. So I appreciate it, brother. Keep rocking, man. That means the world to me, man. Thanks for saying that. Heck yeah, man. This has been another episode. This life ain't for everybody. This, the, the, the title of this podcast, David Graham was brought. Let me just show you real quick before we end this. Um, I got to go way back in my directory here of you would, you would blow your mind to see how many photo albums I have, David stacks this tall, because I went back, I made, I made a, I made it. I said, Hey, look, I'm committing to printing every picture off my phone from the last 10 years. And then wow. I'm going to my brother's phones and I'm printing them and I'm doing my mom and dad style of photo albums to where we're touching them. We're wow. seeing them. It's an experience, right? This isn't an experience going through a phone and looking at it. It's not no. an experience anymore. And if you drop that thing in the toilet, man, what the hell are you going to do? Hopefully you got <laughs> it backed up on the cloud, but here is where I took yeah. this in 2008. Wait, I want to tell, I don't want to lie to you. 2008. This picture was taken. Does it ring a bell at all? Oh yeah. Yeah. I trademarked it. I trademarked it a year later. That's behind that's behind the band at Losers. I'll be damned. And that's where I, I walked into Losers in 2008 for the first time and I went, Holy shit, I love that. This life ain't for everybody. Because that's what I was doing. I was like, I'm a road dog. I'm traveling yeah. the world, seeing mother nature and her finest glamour. I'm chasing ducks and geese and living off the land. And th- this isn't for everybody. So I was like, I'm a trademark that. So I did. And then all these years later, it turns into this brand where, where the, the, the guys at losers, they got it on their shirts. I'm not ever going to say anything about it because they're the yeah. originators of it, but we have it for TV. We have it for our podcast. We have so much going on with that because it means so much to me. You could formulate your own definition of what it means when you say this life ain't for everybody. Your life surely isn't to be, to be traveling and being on the road and and, and grinding like this. Right. It ain't. And that's what it meant in Nashville is like, Hey, you move here and you come up (laughs) in these honky tonks and you live these late nights and you got FOMO like a son of a bitch. If you try to stay in on a Tuesday, cause something's going on, there could be a door. There could be a door opening for David Graham. If, if he's not out on a Tuesday (laughs) and then all of a sudden you're like, Holy shit. That's like 900 nights in a row. I went out in Nashville. This yes. life ain't for everybody. It's just, it's, it's and it's not a surgeon's life, a fighter pilot's life, a janitor at a high school. That's whistling mm-hmm. Dixie and cleaning his ass off. That life yeah. ain't for everybody. But if you have no. passion for life and you right. love life, you can get something out of it every day. And that's what the yeah, secret absolutely, is. Man. And that's is, why I want, that's why I wanted to have you on this life ain't for everybody. My brother, man, I appreciate that so much, man. We'll do it again. Yeah. Have me on again, man. I'd love to talk to you some more. Here's the real question, though. What song do we go out with? Oh, shit. I need an uh, original. Uh, uh, two Miles High. or uh, Oh, I love it. This is Two Miles High by David Graham and the Eskimo Brothers. Please download this man's music, their music. Go see them live. Get some merch. I'm wearing their shirt right now. They got man. three or four. Other. I bought all of them that night. I got every That's single one of them. I should have wore my blue hat tonight. I got the blue trucker hat. Yeah. I got them all. Support these artists that refuse to give in to the ideology 
that you can't Appreciate be original that. and you can't be yourself. Until then, keep rocking out there. Thank you all for listening to another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody, brought to you, as usual, from the one and only Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey, the one and only Jack Daniels. From all their offerings, the old number seven, the Gentleman Jack, the Single Barrel, the new Triple Mash, the new Bonded, the Sinatra, the Gold, the Sinatra. all their flavors. Oh, the Sinatra, baby, the Sinatra. huh? The Tennessee Fire, the Tennessee Honey, the Tennessee Apple. Support iconic brands enjoy it responsibly never allow underage drinking and if you get the chance be our guest down in lynchburg tennessee where every single drop and i mean every single drop it's sold in 170 countries and every drop is made in one place lynchburg tennessee do the math on that and then do yourself a favor and go down there take the tour learn about jack daniels his values the culture that place and the people of lynchburg and that county of tennessee it's an amazing story it's an iconic brand and they have made the dedication that if they're going to make it they're going to make it their very best every single day just like david graham and the eskimo brothers do their music i'm chad belding we're going out david graham thank you so much for being here thank you all so much for the subscriptions and download we'll talk to you soon thanks chad Throttle wide open and the diesel smoke blowing, grinding gears and a ride in the line. I trying to be the best, just ahead of the rest. I'm breaking hearts and making up time. I let my pay catch up, fill my loving cup, keep them moving just after the show. I spend it all summer, not trying to be a bummer while some drummer gets his ducks in a row. Two miles high and back. Two miles high and back. I pay my way home to track. Two miles high and Every small town heading hot and homebound in the saddle for an all-night shift. We may get mobbed or robbed, but we drink on the job. I'm not a drunkard, but I could use a lift. I'm a go-boo-wearing, keep the ladies staring at this half-loaded son of a gun. Well, everyone's a critic, I don't fit the new gimmick. I got a victim out of 421. Two miles high and back. Miles high and back. I pay my way a whole two track. Two miles high and back. Oh, two miles.